everybody. We may have fin- figured out some of our audio issues. Um, Probably um, not, we, though. <laughs> we're recording in Zoom right now. So full disclosure, we have already recorded this episode one time. And it really uh, sucked was- because Morgan had some really great reactions in the first one that she's not going to have this time. I'm not going to have the great reactions, but don't worry. I'll make it worth your while. <laughs> I always do. Oh, um, welcome to Do I Make You Uncomfortable with Morgan and Sarah. I'm Morgan and and yeah, and, um, we're back and we're recording on zoom. Um, so we're going to see how this works. And, uh, we, uh, had a really good discussion the last time we recorded this, but we're going to have an even better one. This is what we're running into. We had, I anchor is only allowing us to, to do an hour. And so we rushed through this and didn't do it justice by rushing through it to get it done in less than an hour. We got it done in 59 minutes and 35 seconds, by the way. Um, and then when we listened to it, it was so choppy and so awful that I was like, well, we didn't do it justice and it sounds awful. So let's record it again. We haven't had to record again since the beginning, though. Let's let's. Oh, just... Well, we didn't do perpetrator again, but we should have. <laughs> or offender accountability again. I just don't know how to get the audio off of the. Okay, so we recorded one call. You already told him accountability. You told no, I didn't. Oh. I told him on the one that we recorded. <laughs> okay, so tell we this did go get a glass one of wine. Prior to- Okay, so we did record one prior to this called Offender Accountability, but we, when Morgan logged into her phone on Anchor, it logged into like the first one that we created. It had my face ID. And so um, we recorded in the wrong app and she's like, it's not here when she went to log into hers. And I was like, yes, it is. It's, it's right here. And she's like, which one are you in? I don't know what I did or how I did it, but we, we couldn't remember the password to the first one. So we created the second one anyway. And so we do have we another one floating the out there. to the first one, <laughs> but my phone knows my face. So anyway, um, this one is going to be interesting. I know that a lot of people are reeling from the events that have happened on what we're going to talk about. And so um, the first thing we want to do is some trigger warnings. We are going to be discussing um, sexual assault and we are going to be discussing some pretty in-depth details about sexual assault. So if you are listening and you've never listened before, um, welcome. If you're back, welcome back. Uh, you know that we like you to take care of yourself, perform self-care. If you are triggered by what we're talking about, please turn the podcast off and come back to it. If you are able, if not, that's okay too. Just skip this episode. Um, but we will also provide some resources at the end if you are triggered so that you have some resources to work and process through being triggered. Um, we are going to be talking how you're keeping it a secret, what we're talking about. I'm like, it's not on the title. Like it's not in the description. Don't put it on the title or the description then. What do you want me to title it? Surprise. Surprise. Just kidding. <laughs> we're talking about Bill Cosby today. And um, so the funny part about this is that 
there's nothing funny about this but there's funny parts to this how we learned and also part of the disclosure is that sarah and i use humor when we discuss really tough topics like this and so if you are not about having tough tough topics and humor i'm sorry about you you probably shouldn't listen to us because you're not gonna like the podcast um but the way that i found out about cosby's release is that mr generous sent me a um yeah i just got sidetracked did you see me have to process something in my head um I was thinking that we didn't talk about Mr. Generous and that we talked about him in the offender accountability one, but it was in the pride one. We did talk about him in the offender accountability one, but we also talked about the pride one. So Mr. Generous sent me a, I think it was a Twitter um, uh, post about him getting out and my words were, what the actual fuck? And then I shot it on over to Sarah and her words were, what the actual fuck? And so she's like, we have to do this one. And so that's what we're doing. And since I did the disclaimer and since I've talked enough, I'm going to turn it over to Sarah because she listened to a podcast. Um, (laughs) And um, it has some pretty in-depth stuff on it. I am, however, going to pull up some tabs because there were some things that you talked about that I could cross-reference on the post that I had. So that is going to happen. So welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. I mean, take it away, Sarah. Uh, I giggle when she said that she's going to stop talking because we were nine minutes away from our, our cutoff on anchor. And I was like, I'm almost done. And she said, can you be done in nine minutes? And I was like, I can, if you stop talking. (laughs) Hardly talked at all. Yeah, you did hardly talk at all. Okay, so um, the podcast that I listened to with all this information um, was an LA Times podcast um, called Chasing Cobbs, Cobbsby. Cobbsby. <laughs> I've only had one margarita and three drinks of wine, okay? Cobbsby. Chasing Cobbsby, uh, Cosby by Nicole Wisen C. Egan, okay? And um, she, Nicole, covered this case starting from 2005 so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about her in a minute um so morgan do Mm -hmm. you remember what the spanish fly was well when we talked about it and you mentioned it you said have you heard his joke about spanish fly and i I said i was getting there god this is why i hate (laughs) re-recording well but i was surprised and i went wait what and you were like, yeah. And I was like, wait, didn't we talk about that in one of the other podcasts? And you were like, we did. And I said, yeah, wasn't it the, the one, the doctor book one? Mm, the I don't think it was that one. It was something about DCF or DSFA. DFSA, maybe? That's what I said. No, you yeah. didn't say. You said I DSFA. said DC first. <laughs> Listen, I have had a lot of, lot of stuff going on at work today, okay? <laughs> oh, we talked about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I opened the last one with your That's right. exciting That's right. news. Um, so anyway, for those of you that don't remember, since Morgan's apparently not going to tell Spanish you about fly? it. The Spanish well, I was fly. I telling him about the response. That, you were excited about it, a-hole. It was a drink that we looked up in one of our episodes, apparently. 
um, that renders the person that drinks it kind of like helpless, basically. And so this podcast opens with um, them talking about how he had a joke about the Spanish fly and how like he was on Larry King talking about this, like telling this joke and he was doing it in his standup. And he said um, in the joke, something along the lines of, um, you know, he's standing up there talking and he's like, oh, you ever heard of the Spanish fly? And another guy's like, uh, no, what isn't? He's like, oh, crazy Mary over there in the corner. He go put a little bit in her drink and she'll be like, that was his joke, like basically. So uh, on the Larry King thing, he talked about how, um, like they, they were talking about this joke. Uh, and of course this is all still back in like the seventies and stuff like that. Eighties. Um, they talked about this joke and he said, you know, like, have you ever heard of the Spanish play? Like it takes the head of a needle, like the pen, like the head of the needle is how much of this drink it takes to knock somebody, render somebody unconscious basically. So for those of you who don't know who Bill Gosby is, (laughs) you should not be listening to our podcast. This is not child-friendly. You're BBs if you don't know who Bill Cosby is. Um, So Bill Cosby was this huge, huge actor and stand-up comedian in the 70s, um, 80s, 90s. Um, Still this huge figure when all of this started going down. Um, And he was kind of known as America's dad. Um, And he played this role um, on the Cosby show of Dr. Um, Huxtable, who was the patriarch of this just middle, upper middle class African-American family. And it's something that was really huge that this, this sort of show would be uh, broadcast in the eighties, seven, it started in the seventies, technically, um, cause he had a show called the Cosby show in the seventies where he was a basketball coach. Um, so he kind of like rose to fame pretty quickly. Um, I don't know where I put this. What? Oh, I'll get to it later. Um, anyway, so what he would do <laughs> is befriend young women, win their parents over, and then he would drug them and assault them. Morgan, what's that sound like? R. Kelly. And if you guys haven't heard our R. Kelly series, then you would completely understand what we're talking about. Go back and listen to the first three episodes. Yeah. That's what we did in our very first one was we covered the R. Kelly story. Um, and we had to do that one in three stories, but we also covered the victims. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Which we aren't going to do in this case. Um, cause there's, there's 60 of them. Um, so the first woman to come forward was in 2005. Her name was Andrea Constand. Um, Andrea actually worked at Temple University and she was the director of operations for the basketball team there. Um, and how she kind of got connected in with Cosby is he went to Temple for a little while and he, um, is a huge, was a huge donor for Temple. So he's a huge philanthropist too. Um, and so he was a huge donor to Temple, <clears throat> went to Temple, 
he didn't graduate from there, but he went there. Um, and he, Cosby, was conveniently good friends with the head coach of the female basketball team. It wasn't that convenient. Convenient. He had a lot of conveniences. Yeah, he did. So um, Andrea and him started kind of like working together on, on a few different you know, projects for the basketball team and all that kind of stuff. And after a little while, she decided that she wanted to go back to Ontario to become a massage therapist like her dad. And she really didn't want to disappoint her boss. So she called Cosby and she was like, you know, I really want to leave my job. By the way, this is in 2004. Okay. I want to leave my job. And so she called him to get advice. And he said, why don't you come over to my house? And she said this wasn't unusual. She'd been at his house multiple times. Um, she'd been at his house with people. She'd been at his house alone. So it was not unusual for her to go over to his house. So um, he, she goes over to the house um, and he says, let me give you some medicine. And he knows at this point that Andrea uh, is very homeopathic. And so she's not going to take just pills. And he said, I got some herbal meds that'll kind of help you relax. I'm going to give these to you. And what she said was, I had no reason not to trust him. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. A lot of victims. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, she gave, he gave her those three pills and very quickly she said she couldn't really feel her legs. And he had her sit down and he sat down on the sofa next to her um, and he fondled her. I, do you, do you have, I don't know if there was in, there was no penile insertion. No, it says. Which doesn't, doesn't um, matter by the way. P.S. It's still sexual assault being fondled. Correct. Um, and it's so. I, the legal considerations. Yeah. Of what the charge would be. Um, it says he touched her breast in vaginal area and rubbed his penis against her hand and then digitally penetrated her I thought there was a digital penetration so there was a penetration of some sort so and even fondling is still sexual assault um it's just not as a high of a penalty if there's no penetration so Can can I tell you what her what his lawyer said I don't think I got to do this last time but it's it's funny can I tell you of course So um, his lawyer at the time was Walter M. Phillips Jr. The allegations were utterly preposterous and plainly bizarre. His lawyers later clarified that he had given her Benadryl to ease her tension. So she said the pills were blue. Mm. That's Uh, not what color Benadryl is. Benadryl is pink in every form form out there. Um, So (laughs) no such thing as a blue Benadryl, FYI. Um, and why would he give her three? Also, did you know, uh, that he was in the military, he was in the Navy, so he didn't graduate from high school and he went into the Navy before he, like, he was like 17, went into the Navy and he was a medical provider in the Navy. They didn't like clarify what kind of provider, like, I assume like, uh, EMT type, like, was he a corpsman? Well, sweetheart, I know nothing about military, and this is all they said: medical provider oh. in the navy. I'm, so he doesn't have a degree. He does not have a degree. He was a corpsman. Yeah, he doesn't have a degree in right. anything. 
some are being a dick face. So anyway, <laughs> Andrea um, continues on. She like, I, I forget how she came out of this. Okay, let me see. Do you see if you, do you have that? Um, okay, so Constan reported that the alleged assault, reported the alleged assault to Pennsylvania authorities. No, no. Prosecutors no, no. did not. Not there yet. Oh, what are you asking me then? Like how oh. she woke up. Oh, um, no, I don't have that. Okay. So, um, I forget how she woke up and how she got home and all of that mess, but she did say that like, she had to have contact with Cosby a couple of other times after the, the assault. Um, and that'll come up later in all of the um allegations and everything that'll come up later um but fairly soon after the assault uh she went back home she moved back to ontario and her mom said right away she realized that things were not right like there was something wrong with her daughter she knew it and um she was just she it was really weighing on her and everything so gianna constand is is andrea's mom Gianna leaves for work one day and Andrea just couldn't hold it in anymore. And so she called her and said, I have to tell you something. She's bawling her eyes out. And she was just like, this is what happened. And so her mom pulls the car over. Okay. And, uh, her mom told her daughter, listen to this. I didn't say this last time. Okay. Because I, you did it. I re-listened to a couple of the, um, episodes, um, because initially when I started writing everything down, I was just going to get highlights because I didn't think we were going to do it like the R. Kelly thing. And so I was just kind of getting highlights. So I'd highlighted notes basically, but by the end I was like feverishly writing. So, um, so Gianna told her daughter, you give me his number or I'll get on a plane. And so yes, mama, yeah, yes, so mama. he, Where? uh, she, um, it, Andrea gave, okay, pause all- for just a second you it's okay so your internet connection i think it's your internet connection because you paused and did that robot thing okay my back yes you're good now okay so her mom um called cosby and she ended up having to leave a message and she said you know i'm i'm really upset with you uh, my daughter told me what you did you know all this kind of stuff so he called her back and uh he said to her what three days later three days later three days later he called her back okay and he said to her uh he called her mom multiple times some cojones oh this is balls he called her mom throughout the call multiple times and told her like she was like what what did you give her you know she doesn't take pills what did you give her and um he would never disclose what he gave her but he told uh, Gianna that he would um, Not write it down and mail it to her and so she said um, she was like okay and he said um, he goes mom um, he made it sound very consensual and he said Andrea even had an orgasm oh pause yep yeah just because somebody has an orgasm when they are raped or or sexually assaulted does not mean it does not convey consent there is no consent that is a natural response of the body many people have them 
if they've been sexually assaulted. That does not convey consent. Ugh. Okay. Uh, and he also said to her at the end, he said, Mom, I'm a very sick man. Wait, didn't she record the calls? Didn't you tell me last time she recorded the calls? Not this one. No! So this was still the same, like this was three days after Andrea had told her. And so they were trying to decide like what the hell they, they needed to do. And she wanted to talk to Cosby to see if Cosby would tell her like what was in the pills or whatever. So she said, yes, you are. And hung up the phone. So then, um, her Gianna's son-in-law. So I assume also Andrea's brother-in-law, I assume, I don't know. Uh, but Gianna's son-in-law was a, a detective. And, but in Ontario. Oh, in Canada. Yeah. And so they went to, like, they talked to him and everything. And he was like, you, you need to get a lawyer and you need to talk to the police. So uh, they called the police in Ontario and Ontario said, obviously, not our jurisdiction, can't do anything about it, <laughs> like transferred them to, to Philadelphia. And jurisdiction means everything. If, you know, when Sarah said not our jurisdiction, it's, you, the crime is charged where it occurred. So for us, it can be kind of confusing. Well, for me now, not you, because you moved away from the state line. Actually, there are five different counties Oh, so they service on a normal basis. Okay. And in That's the state that we live in, as you know already, but the state that we live in, the jurisdiction where it happened is the county that pays for the exam. Right. Yeah. And so it's super important. Bradley is in the hallway whispering very loudly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So jurisdictionally, it's important to give the report to the place where it happened yeah um and then she also talked to her son-in-law again and said gianna did and basically said like if there's any more interaction should we record it and he said absolutely so oh man i was using your blankie though can you bring me a blanket thanks <laughs> son just took the blanket um so, um, she went out and bought just like a rudimentary tape recorder. And so then when he called her back again, a couple days later, she grabbed the recorder real fast and started recording. And this is the phone call that you can hear. And he starts, she said, you know, um, he said, you know, is she still in school? Is she, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and he's, and she said, yes. And he said, um, I would be willing to pay for her schooling. Um, and she, Gianna said she was in utter shock by this. Like she was so shocked. She didn't even know what to say back to him because she was like, here's a man who just sexually assaulted my daughter months ago and is now offering to pay for her schooling undoubtedly so that we don't go to the police. Little oh, did he know it had already happened. <laughs> um, so he paid a lot of people off, didn't he? Oh well, yeah, 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 for sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. So they report Andrea ends up getting 
um, council in Philadelphia. Um, and it was two retired prosecutors. And so they go out and um, somehow, like immediately, the news media gets a hold of this. Huh. And when that happened, um, Andrea's name and information got posted fucking everywhere. Oh, that's really uncommon. And Celebrity Justice, which is a website apparently, uh, published the police report, her name, and her face. <gasps> now, it was only up for 10 minutes. Oh, it doesn't it matter. did a shit ton of damage. Oh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out before we even move on on any of this is the reporter, this Nicole, um, she said when she first heard the story, she was skeptical and she wanted to do kind of a background check on the on, on oh. Andrea. Okay. So, but she said she said later after she interviewed her and everything that she, it was very clear that this was true. So, um, so enter into the mixture, Bruce Caster. He was the Montgomery County DA, and um instead of like looking at this case and being like oh geez uh he was like there's not enough evidence i don't have and what evidence. what year was it brought to his attention 2005 so it happened okay. in 2004 and in january of 2005 bruce castor got it on his desk um i don't know when it happened in 2004 so um, but they said it was 11 months, 10 or 11 months prior when it was reported. It doesn't say specifically when it just says 2004. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he talked about how um, he didn't want to take the case. He was contemplating it still. And I guess there was this huge like media frenzy because this Nicole was like, going on every single show she could um defending andrea and defending her story and you know saying like you know this woman has come out saying these things and blah blah blah, blah. and so then uh bruce castor was like bruce castor she was on a radio show and bruce castor called into the radio show and she said what yeah, she said it was very apparent to me at that point he was paying very close attention to me. He called in to tell her how asinine she was. Yeah. So, um, this is the prosecutor. This is the the DA. The DA. The fucking DA in Montgomery County, which is the county of Philadelphia. He talked about how she didn't report in a timely manner. She still had contact with Cosby after the assault and that they couldn't use the phone recordings because it was an unauthorized wiretap. I have three words. Neurobiology of trauma. Oh, I thought it was going to be fuck right off. I <laughs> <laughs> those were my three words. <laughs> I agree with those too, though. Yeah, listen to our neurobiology of trauma 
um, episode if you want to know why. For a lot of reasons why. And actually, I hate that word. So now enters Tamara Green. Now Tamara Green um, met Cosby back in the 70s. Um, At the time of all of this going on, uh, I don't know if it's current or not, but at the time of all of this going on, Tamara was a trial lawyer. And she said she heard about it and she was like, I, is he, he's still doing that at his age? So this is how Tamara met Cosby. Tamara went to her doctor, a Dr. Amar, who was her OBGYN. He was also the OBGYN and doctor for most of the Playboy bunnies. And he said, you should meet my friend, Bill Cosby. So they meet, they start talking. Tamara had been signed on to do um, like commercials and things like that. Um, but she, what she really wanted to do with her life is she wanted to become a singer. And so she had told Cosby that she was like, I'd really like to be a singer. And he was like, oh yeah, well, I can help you become a singer. He was like, we can go to my recording studio. And so she was like, oh, okay. So he goes by the house first. He was like, I have to go by and get some stuff from the house first. So give me just a minute. And she said, so she stood outside and he was like, come on in. And she was like, no, it's fine. He was like, come on in. You can come in and have a glass of wine. She was like, no, it's fine. I'm fine right here. Um, so then they go to the studio. There's absolutely nobody at the studio. Okay. It's just him and her. Also very reminiscent of fucking R. Kelly. Um, he had a house. He had a hell house. Yeah, but he also had that studio, remember? That's true. Were, yes, I know, studio, I know. The, the studio, studio was in the house. No, they. this was a whole separate place. He, he had, had a studio in a house, though. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, but this is before that. Did you hear him? Um, so he, um, took her to the studio. There's nobody there. And so he goes into the booth and he comes back out with a glass of wine. Um, now I've never been to a recording studio before ever. This is where he recorded his comedy albums. Uh, so I don't know if like they routinely have a refrigerator full of alcohol or not, or if this is just something he did. Um, and he gave her the glass of wine, but she didn't drink it. Um, because she was too anxious to get this all like laid down. You know what I mean? So she didn't drink it and she ended up telling Dr. Amar about it. And Dr. Amar said, I told you not to be alone with him. Why would you introduce her and then say, don't be alone with him? Uh, right. So, um, Dr. Amar and Bill Cosby were going to like build this like club of some sort or something like that. And it was going to be a membership only place. And so they asked Tamara if she wanted to sell memberships for them. And she said, absolutely. Um, so she tried calling Amar one night because she wasn't feeling well. And he, he, she called down to the restaurant that Cosby owned because she figured he would be down there. 
and Cosby answered the phone and she said that she was looking for him. She wasn't feeling well and she wasn't going to be at work or whatever. And Cosby was like, why don't you come down to the restaurant and have some food and maybe, you know, you'll feel a little bit better after that. And so she went down there and they were sitting in a booth, her and Cosby and um, Cicely Tyson were, was there uh, and like a couple of his other friends. And she said, like, I sat down in the booth and he was like, do you think cold medicine would help you? And she was like, well, I don't know, maybe. I don't even know what's wrong with me, really. And so he was like, hold on. So he goes back into the back of the restaurant, comes back and gives her a couple of pills. She takes them and she was like, I basically passed out in my food. Yeah, this is the one that I had the... Yes, and she said she remembers saying um, that she remembers saying... um, during all this or she remembers him saying oh I guess she was sicker than what we thought she was and so um he got her up got her in the car and then took her to her house and um he was he got her undressed and this is this is the one where he got he started getting her out of her and he was like let me get you out of your clothes And he, she vaguely started remembering that. And she said, uh, and then I looked over and he was starting to get undressed. And she said to herself, now how is him getting undressed going to make me feel any better? And then he started to attempt to assault her. And she said she wanted to do absolutely anything she could to make as much noise as possible to get him caught. And so she grabbed the first thing next to her, which was her lamp next to her bed, and she threw it against her her bedroom window. Um, It cracked the window, but it didn't break. And so she just kept fighting and fighting and fighting until she had nothing left in her. And she told him before she passed out, "Um, you better kill me because I will never stop uh, chasing you over this. So she passes out. She wakes up. And what does she find, Morgan? She finds two $100 bills on her, on her nightstand. She was fucking livid. I so would have been livid too. She still drugged, still drugged, goes outside, flags somebody down to take her to the fucking restaurant. To the restaurant. Woo! She goes back to the restaurant. He's not there anymore. Um, so she ends up, she can't get into her car because she's too messed up to drive still so she sleeps it off um the next time she sees him she tells him I'm not going to make a fuss about this but I'm going to tell everyone I meet for the rest of my natural life what you did to me so in 2005 when everything came out um she contacted Nicole and told Nicole like I you know, this happened to me back in the seventies and blah, 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 blah. And so Nicole was like, we have to like break your story. You know what I mean? So after this, she gets torn apart on every show she goes on to Matt Lauer of all fucking people too, was like super like, um, indignant to her and was just like, 
you know, it took you 30 years to report this. Why didn't you go to the police after it happened? After okay, I have talk? a statement from her. Okay. Okay. So after all of that, you know, everybody telling her that it took forever. And she said, Green said okay. she did not report him to authorities because, quote, the first thing you feel is stupid, stupid. And then no one will believe you. This is the great Bill Cosby, end quote. She also said, um, so they kept asking her in all of these shows and stuff like that, you know, like, why now? Why come out now? And stuff like that. And she was like, you know, I had no idea if I was the only one and, you know, that kind of stuff. And she said, um, everyone has their idea about how you're supposed to act after this, but you don't know until it happens to you. And that's one thing that I always tell my patients too, is that, you know, women and females are always taught how to prevent themselves from being assaulted no matter how it is but then when it happens to you you don't you you're not prepared to deal with it it's not something that you're prepared to deal with you're prepared to prevent it but when it happens you're not prepared to deal with it well and like I like I've said before too like um, I tell my patients all the time like however you're feeling right now is normal this is normal because there is no normal there is no textbook when it comes to your feelings So, um, soon after this, 12 more people came forward, 12 more victims came forward. Um, and, uh, they were listed as Jane Doe's in the criminal suit against him. Um, and, um, the civil suit against him later on. So one of the people who came forward was Becky Cooper. Um, she was a massage therapist and she worked for one of the tennis, um, company, a tennis, clubs thank you tennis clubs uh in las vegas it was like a high you're welcome yeah thanks you didn't even fucking say i didn't anything. do Southern anything stared at your screen um so she was one of the massage therapists at this tennis club and he like comes up to her and was like yeah i'm kind of having problems with my shoulder after i played tennis you know and and um so he she was like oh well you know, why don't you, why don't we go sit over here by the pool and I can kind of like work it out for you. And, uh, he said, um, no, no, why don't you come to my show tonight? I'll buy you some dinner and then you can, you can work it out there. And she was like, I've already seen his show, but I'll go again. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so then, um, he sits down with her after the show and was like, you know, let's, let's have dinner. And, um, so he orders, a, like, he says, you know, do you want a drink? And she said, yeah, that's fine. And before he didn't even order anything. He didn't look at anybody and say like, hey, get me a shot of whatever. So she said before, like, she even knew it, there was a shot of Stoli sitting in front of her. And it was like new and big at the time. So she took like a sip of it and he was like, no, no, take that shot. Take your shot, you know? And she was like, oh, okay. So she takes the shot and he was like, all right, we got to go. Oh. And she said, we haven't even eaten dinner. And he was like, we don't have time for that. So she gets up and he is having to assist her to walk out. She could feel her legs already just wobbly as hell. Um, he took her back into his like, uh, dressing room area or something like that, took off the bottom half of her clothes and kept repeating to her, I'm not going to hurt you. 
And then after he was done, he said to her um, that uh, next time I'm in town, find me. And walks away leave. Gross. Yeah, gross. I'm going to find you. So even after all of this, even after now 14 people have come forward saying that they um, all same MO, all the exact same stuff. None of these people knew each other, like nothing. Um, and actually not exactly the same MO because he digitally penetrated some, he anally penetrated some, he vaginally penetrated some. So like, it wasn't the exact same MO. I mean, if it was the exact same MO, I could get you, I could make you kind of, I, that could, you could make your case for, okay, maybe they're just like copycatting, right? But like, it wasn't the exact same story every time. Okay, so after all of this, 14 people now come forward. He's saying, like there's this big hubbub too on whether or not they're going to be able to use any of the previous victims accounts in court because they're not directly related but what the prosecutor said was like her her lawyers basically was is that it shows a pattern and since it shows a pattern their testimonies will be used so he had to do a deposition deposition what did i kept saying last time disposition Desposition. Desposito. <laughs> Desposito. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so you go ahead. You're telling uh, a story. Uh, so Castor ended up saying in the end, in a press conference, media release, I'm not taking the case. Andrea's lawyers found this out because the media came banging down their door. And they said, what do you think about what Bruce Castor just did? And they said, we have no idea what Bruce Castor just did. And he said, they said, he's not taking the case. So now they're rushing to try and find Andrea. Nobody can find Andrea. And Andrea hasn't been alerted of this. Oh. Mm. Mm. So things go quiet for a while. Um, so. Another thing that Cosby liked to do is he would become friends with modeling agents and modeling agencies. And he would say, you know, I'd really like to mentor a model so they can become actors. And so they would just send him young women to mentor, which isn't creepy or weird at all, right? Uh, P.S. Tamir Green said, I can't believe he's still doing this at his age. Um, because he was 65 years old when he sexually assaulted Andrea. In 2005. Uh, in 2004, when he sexually assaulted yeah. her. Um, and uh, she was 29. So um, he also, one of the, you know, just one of the other people, one of the other victims um, he was having an affair with, he'd been having an affair with, with her for a while. Um, and she decided she wanted to break it off. They broke it off and, or she went to go break it off with him. He drugged her, sexually assaulted her. And it just makes me kind of wonder like how many people he had consensual sex with mm-hmm. and why 
again, that why question that A, we're never going to get an answer from and B, yeah. like, we hate asking, but like why he chose to drug and sexually assault people knowing full and well they probably, I mean, some of these people probably would have slept with him without him. power dynamic. Absolutely, it's a power dynamic. Yes, absolutely. So in 2006, Andrea settles in civil court with him um, for an undisclosed amount and everybody, like everything just goes cold and nobody thinks anything else is going to happen until 2014. In 2014, a fairly unknown comic um, was up on stage um, and a journalist happened to be at his show. And um, it's an African-American comic and he's from Chicago. And um, the journalist was at his show and he said, uh, he was recording it, he was recording his show. um, And he said, uh, he was talking about how he cusses on stage and he was like, Bill Cosby says, I don't cuss on stage. Yeah. Well, you're a rapist. And like the crowd, like half the crowd laughs, half the crowd's kind of like, you know, and he goes, uh, when you leave here, Google Bill Cosby rapist and the crowd laughs. And he said, that shit ain't funny. It has more hits than Hannibal Burris. And his name is Hannibal Burris. Um, so the, the, um, reporter or the journalist who was there, uh, ended up uploading this, I believe, to YouTube, and it went viral and started this whole new media frenzy. And there was a lot of questions, like on the podcast, as to like why things took a hold in 2014 and didn't take a hold in t- 2005. Like, what was the the jumping off point? And a lot of what I think too is like the Me Too movement was really like in full force in 2014 and um you know we had dealt with r kelly and continually dealt with r kelly and so we saw this this pattern and that this could happen and this could actually be true in these you know power icons basically you know yeah so in 2014 at some point um a facilities manager from NBC, um, who was now 90 years old, named Frank Scotty, contacted, I believe, the reporter. Um, I can't, I didn't write down who he talked to, but he wanted to tell his story. And he basically talked about how, um, you know, all of these young women are talking about how they received gifts, they received money, they received this, they received that. He was like, I sent all of that out. He was like, he was basically the right-hand man. And so he would, you know, plan meetings with these young women for Cosby. He would um, facilitate them um, getting on Cosby's show. And so that was, that was a lot of Cosby's um, push back in the eighties and stuff was, you know, oh, well, if, you know, you want to, you want to get into acting, I can help you. Like you could be on my show and then turn around and, you know, sexually assault them. Um, there were at least three, I believe, uh, victims that they talked about in this that were actually on the Bill Cosby show. Um, wow. And um, the, the reporter, Nicole, uh, talks about how, like, upset she was during all of this. 
because the Cosby show had really kind of like helped her through a hard time because she had just lost her brother and like all this other kind of stuff. She really connected with the Cosby show. And so when some of these victims started coming forward, she was like, oh my gosh, that was so-and-so on the Cosby show. Like none of them had very large roles, but they were, they all had a role of some sort on there. So um, five months after talking and kind of telling his story, or they asked him, like Frank Scotty, like, why, why now? <laughs> after all this time, did you want to talk about this stuff? And he said, I can't die knowing what I know. Right. And five months later, he died. Um, so now in 2014, everything's starting to kind of gain traction again. And a lot of the victims contacted Gloria Allred. And if you don't know Gloria Allred, you need to. You are living under a rock, people. Um, we talked about this last time, and I can't remember what our consensus was. She, she um, represented she some of the Arkley people, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so all these victims just really wanted a voice. And so they came to Gloria Allred, and they were just like, what can we do? Because, like obviously the statute of limitations had expired on most of them. So Gloria Allred said, well, what you can do is in your area, work on the statute of limitations. Um, did I delete that on there? Oh, I did. Oh, so <laughs> one, of, one of the girls, um, one of the victims, uh, was in California and they were, they were working on wiping out the, um, statute of limitations in California. And so she goes to this meeting and she didn't know, but you were supposed to get up and just say your name and say yes or no, that you were, um, for or against this bill to get rid of the statute of limitations. She didn't know that that's what you're supposed to do. So she gets up there and she just starts like spilling her guts. And, uh, they were like some one of the council women like stopped her and was like stop like all you need to do is say your name and whether yes or no and so she like oh well here's my name and yes and then just like walks back and sits down and one of the councilmen got up and he was like listen these victims have had this these scars for such a long time that they just want their stories to be heard. And I want to hear their stories. So they, um, he was like, so tell us your stories. So she gets back in line. <laughs> she gets up there. She tells them what happened and everything. Uh, needless to say, the statute of limitations was, um, and run out. Rah. No, the statute of limitations was um oh remove the, the law yeah, yeah 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 okay um one of the other things I wrote down was he actually he sexually assaulted a woman um and then sent her a ficus tree and the the note on the ficus tree said stay healthy mentally and take charge of yourself remember those three words fuck right Oh. <laughs> neurobiology of trauma oh i'm Those sorry oh, oh, okay oh gosh okay <laughs> um, i agree with fuck right off yeah um 
one woman, one woman was, um, she worked, she wasn't, she was a bunny. She was a Playboy bunny um, at one of the restaurants. Um, and he drugged her and sexually assaulted her. And um, she went to go, you know, she told her, I want to say it was like her boss or somebody, but they told her that uh, because she worked for Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner was Bill Cosby's best friend. And if she wanted to keep her job, she better keep quiet. Um, as you said earlier, his alibi was his image because like even up into the 2000s, he's still a philanthropist. He is, um, mm -hmm. he's going around doing motivational speaking. He's still doing stand-up. He's thought of this like great family man and he'd been married to Camilla, his wife for decades. Yeah. So um, another thing, uh, another issue with some of quote unquote, why these victims didn't come forward is uh, more than a third of these victims were black women. And so one of them said um, there was an extra burden of being a black woman and bringing down a black man. Yeah. Which again is echoed in the R. Kelly thing too. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so um, they, they talked about how that was, you know, a big problem. So all of that started taking traction in 2014. In 2015, he was slated to have a uh, Netflix series and he was doing stand-up still. Um, and in 2015, his Netflix series got canceled. They didn't start production on it. And TV Land, uh, for all you BBs out there, mm -hmm. uh, TV Land used to be a station that played older TV shows. <laughs> uh, now would be playing TV shows from our childhood. <laughs> but used to play TV shows, um, you know, from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and the TV land stopped playing any reruns of the Cosby show. Um, then um, in 2015, he's still out doing stand-up and he's still touring. And Judd Apatow, who's a really famous um, producer, movie producer, um, mm -hmm. produced like 40-year-old virgin and what was the other one that I, anyway, Judd Apatow is a huge American um, producer and uh, he comes out and is like, listen, you guys, these places, these venues need to be canceling him. Like he's done all of these awful things. All of these victims have come forward and you guys are not, you guys are still allowing him to make money off of this art. I got it. I got it. The 40-year-old virgin, knocked up, funny people, train wreck, the king of Staten Island, things like that. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, that's very Judd Apatow. Um, so during his stand-up, um, a woman yells out in the audience, hey, I need a drink. And he said, be careful drinking around me. This is in 2015. He's already been accused of sexual assault in 2005, had to settle outside in court in 2006 in a civil court for this. Now 14 victims have come forward and he's making jokes about it still. Out in the open. Like Out it's in no the open. Big deal. So his final tour, his final show on the tour was in Atlanta. Um, There's a big, big uproar as to why Atlanta didn't cancel him. Um, but Gloria Allred had a ticket and she's going to go. 
Uh, so she gets there, she gives her a ticket and they stopped her at the door and they were like, what's your name? And she gave them her name and she, they were like, hold on just a minute. And they came back and they were like, we can't let you in. She was like, what do you mean? You can't let me in. I have a ticket. What do you mean? You can't let me in. And they said, uh, you're on a list of people that aren't allowed in. You want a fucking bet? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. She fought, she fought that night, but then she was like, all right. So she sued the place uh, because it's Bet. Gloria fucking all red. Bet. Um, they talked about how he multiple times during this quote unquote mentorship, he called parents of these young women to like, make sure that they were comfortable and say, I'm going to take care of your daughter and like, don't worry about it. And all that kind of stuff reminds me of, uh, R. Kelly. But speaking of, I have to tell you this real fast. Uh, so Bradley is really super excited because Space Jam 2 comes out this weekend. Yeah. So he's like dying. So on the way home from Missouri this weekend, um, he asks if we can listen to the Space Jam soundtrack. And so I, we were listening to the new Space Jam soundtrack, by the way. Fucking amazing. Oh, good. Okay. So we're like going through some of the songs and we're listening to them and stuff like that. And I loved the Space Jam soundtrack growing up, like the original Space Jam soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, still know every word to it. So I I was like, oh, I'll flip over to the other Space Jam soundtrack. And so I like picked a couple of songs off of it. And he was like, what about that? I believe I can fly song. And I was like, never, never in my vehicle. That song ever be fucking played. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> mom mom it's okay <laughs> sarah you cursed at your child <sighs> what uh well he hears me curse all the time anyway so I might as well right <laughs> um so another thing is um one modeling agency um that cosby contacted to and it was in denver to um be friends with you know to get little girls um <laughs> that's the best way to put it uh, would send him up to six young women per week six women per week so, so i think 60- we talked about this the last time but like 60 women came forward imagine how many more are out there that haven't yes. come forward yes i mean there six just from this one modeling agency six per week um so it came out too that he was using quaaludes a lot um to drug these women um and so quaaludes were given with alcohol which like super intensifies intensifies their um actions so he said uh, he didn't, he didn't drink alcohol either, by the way. Uh, he didn't like the way alcohol made him feel and he didn't take the quaaludes, even though they were prescribed to him, um, because they made him sleepy. Here's your sign. And who was he getting the quaaludes from? Oh no, that doctor. Dr. Amar, the OBGYN. So for those of you who don't know, quaaludes um, are a barbiturate-like 
drug um, that is a central nervous system depressant. So think of a central nervous dep system depressant drug on top of central nervous dep system depressant alcohol. And you are like quadrupling the effects of things. Um, it was, quaaludes were taken recre recreationally um, in the 60s through the 80s. Um, and then in 1984, um, the drug was made illegal by the DEA in the United States. It is now an illicit substance. It's now very illicit and it's also illegal in the United States. Well, that's what illicit means. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, shit, I don't know. Um, in 2015, also Obama commented on the whole situation and basically said like nobody is above the law. So this was also an election time in Montgomery County, good old Montgomery County where Philadelphia is, Ooh, you know, good old Bruce Caster. Um, so as things are starting to like ramp back up with Cosby, um, here's a new potential DA coming in, Mr. Steele. Do you remember what his first name was? Kevin, maybe? Um, anyway, he comes in. Kevin and or Keith. Keep going, I'll find it. Okay, so he comes in and he's like, uh, if you guys, if you guys um, vote me in, I will take care of Cosby. We'll take Cosby down, blah, 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 blah. So needless to say, um, he boots Bruce Caster out and he takes over. And so in the summer of 2015, he opens the investigation again. Um, the new DA was like, no, these these phone calls that were used um, by, um, that were taped by Gianna are legal. Um, and so he was like, we're absolutely using these, these phone calls that she, she taped. Now, in some places it wouldn't be approved, but like, for example, in the state of Kansas, you don't have to have the other person's consent to tape. So if they're on the phone call and you're taping it, then it's okay. But some places have to have both people's consent to record the phone call. And I also think too, there's a question of jurisdiction with the phone call and the recording too, because the recording happened in Canada. Hey. You know? Yeah. So, um, so there was a lot of back and forth on whether or not what was admissible in court, what was admissible in court for sure was that taped despa despacito that he did. <laughs> deposition. Yep. That, um, <laughs> and during that deposition, they actually brought up every single victim who came forward. And said when when they you know brought up his, her their name, the victim's name. They said this is what they're alleging. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um. One person it says here too. One person didn't report him because she didn't know if she was actually assaulted or not. And so when we talk about drug facilitated sexual assault, it's generally an assault that happens where there is a gap in time where they don't remember or they, you know, in this situation, a lot of them were so inebriated to the point that they couldn't move 
and couldn't say no. Um, and so a lot of times what, what I see and what we see generally is, you know, somebody will go out, they'll have one drink, they'll have two drinks or whatever. They'll not remember anything after that drink. They will wake up hours later, Mm -hmm. sometimes next to somebody that they didn't know, sometimes naked, sometimes they just wake up and they're like, I don't know if anything happened. Yeah. Which is an odd thing to say, uh, you know, being a woman, a lot of times, you know, if like, you have a feeling, you know, when something was put into your vagina. Um, but then again, you don't always know that 12 hours later. Right. Right. So, um, um, during this trial now, so now the DA says we're taking it. Um, they accepted the trial just one month shy, I believe, of the statute of limitations running out. And the trial didn't actually happen in two th- until 2018. Which is um, an uncommon, it's not uncommon, not uncommon for at a trial all. to take that long. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, and I don't know if this was in his Despacito or whatever, but he said, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> It's forever. That's what it's going to be called now. Um, he like he was talking. This uh, victim was talking about how she had like pushed him away, and she said no to him. And she remembers pushing him away and saying no. And she's and he his recounting in all of this says, "I don't hear her say anything. I don't feel her say anything." So I continue to go into the area that is somewhere between permission and rejection. I am not stopped. Somewhere between permission and rejection is not fucking consent. Okay, but also like you drugged them. So how are they going to give you permission? Right. Second time around, his lawyer is the same lawyer lawyer as Michael Jackson, what like defended Michael Jackson in the uh, child abuse cases back in the nineties. Um, and also in the second trial now, instead of Jane Doe's, some of these women were allowed to testify. Um, one of them being Janice Dickinson. Uh Now, for those of you who don't know, Janice Dickinson was a huge, huge model, uh, in the nineties and she's got a mouth. (laughs) And she's never quiet about anything. Um, and so she testifies against him. She, she puts, you know, herself out there and she's torn down too, uh, in the media. Also during this time, Cosby's lawyer is getting into multiple arguments outside (laughs) of the courtroom. One of them, namely with Gloria Allred. Again, and that's like, what? not the person that you want to fight with. Not somebody I'm going to fuck with on a regular basis. Okay. <laughs> so he gets into this fight with her and he like interrupts her during like her talking to the media and starts calling her names. She's standing right there. And she said, um, she always feels like she wins when they start calling her names because they've got nothing else to do. 
they've got nothing else on her so they're just going to start tearing her down um his lawyers also attacked the victims during closing statements and the jurors were so like affected by this they said that they saw multiple jury jurors wincing um also during closing arguments cosby started laughing and um can you imagine no i just i I would jump i would i would kill somebody you know the guy who it was one of the fathers of the gymnasts one of the gymnasts that got sexually assaulted and he was like there and he was like give me one minute give me one and then he just like went after him and like start everybody in the court like even security was like okay three seconds hold on we'll give him three seconds okay go okay (laughs) you know nobody faulted him for doing that right Right. I would absolutely strangle this person yeah um he was called out by the victims during this the victims were kicked out of the some of the victims got kicked out of the courtroom um so in the second trial this is now the first criminal trial but the second trial that Cosby has been on for this um over a decade later there was a unanimous verdict of guilty Cosby at this point loses his composure he loses his shit afterwards starts yelling all that kind of stuff and the victim said this is finally where everybody got to see a glimpse of the real Cosby um they also oh I'm sorry you lost control you didn't get what you want oh Oh, that's what happened sorry not sorry um so they revoked his bail obviously um because like during sentencing and everything because obviously he had he has money he has a passport he has the ability to just fucking go right Bye. Yeah. yeah so they weren't letting his ass out um, even though his family didn't show up at the trial, his wife, Camille, um, co- comes out with this statement that just blew me a fucking way. Um, she was talking about how this was mob justice and she compared him to Emmett Teal. Oh no. Oh, now, you said for, this yesterday. Oh no. I know. For those of you who don't know who Emmett Teal was, Emmett Teal, um, back in, uh, I don't know when, earlier um before segregation was happening (laughs) so earlier uh Emmett Teal was actually hung for looking at a white woman that's all he did he looked at a white woman he was hung for that summer of 1955 he was 14 years old 14 I knew he was young I knew he was really young so now this is a 64 seven eight year old man being compared to a 14 year old who looked at a white woman nope um she was calling multiple people racist and one of the victims who was an african-american said that he was using the race card to try and gain pity for him so um he was um, convicted um, and sentenced to three to 10 years in jail. And the, jo- the judge said um, during the sentencing, no one is above the law 
and it is time for justice. Um, so again, that was 2018. Um, we all know in the present now, he's not currently in jail any longer. He's not. He's out. He's Still a free man. Hard left and right. We um, um, will talk about what occurred for him to get out. I was telling Sarah, of course, Morgan was watching TikTok, but I follow this defense attorney on TikTok. She's like a young, a young defense attorney, but she's really good at explaining her job. And she's very into the law and making sure that it's upheld. She's which, a lawyer. Of course, she's into the law, Morgan. Well, but like... <laughs> She's a defense attorney, which we always talk a lot of shit on defense attorneys just because they they defend some really bad people sometimes. But ultimately, her job is to make sure that the system works like it's supposed to, right? And make sure that people are, one, held accountable um, in the appropriate way. And so she was talking about this case in there, and she said, personally, I believe he's 100% guilty professionally what the prosecutor did what the DA did really put a block on them being able to appropriately charge him and leave him in jail and so we'll talk a little bit about what that means on part two <laughs> because Literally, we might have though, a surprise I mean, for you it, it's really it's really sad even for us to say but legally he was he was legally let out legally he was, let he was out. legally yeah. let out his, just because he was released from jail doesn't yeah. mean that he is innocent no it means that, that the law didn't work like it was supposed to yes um and so we are hoping in part two that we're going to have a little surprise for you guys uh, we're working really hard on that um but um after he was released this week after I woke up and saw this text message from Morgan, because at the time I was still working nights, I got up and ran into the living room and started watching the, the news to try and see. And Gloria Allred actually was doing like a um, press conference through Zoom. And um, she said, we have to not let fear paralyze us. We can't let predators keep praying. So um, please know that this won't be the last time you hear from Gloria Allred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things that we always like to do at the end when we have trigger stuff is to give you um, resources. And so I'm going to give you the RAIN resources. It is <clears throat> www.rainn.org, RAIN.org. They have a live chat that you can do online, um, but they also have a phone line you can call. Oops, I just clicked on the live chat. Um, you can call 800-656-HOPE or it's 800-656-4673. If you have been the victim of sexual assault, you don't know your next steps, they have all kinds of information. If you've been triggered and you need advocacy, please go online and figure out where you can get that. Um, they can give you resources in your local area. So um, that is the resource that we're going to give you. Sarah, I'll let you do social media. Uh, you can find us um, on Instagram at do I make you uncomfortable 2015. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter, which we're not very good at Twitter, um, which is at do uncomfortable and uh, on Facebook at do I make you uncomfortable. You can email us at do I make you uncomfortable at gmail.com. And uh, please email us. Please let us know. Please go to the um, your where you listen to this podcast to see if you can rate and review us. Leave us comments. Um, give us suggestions and ideas of what you guys want to hear from. Right now, our audience base is approximately 19 people. So all 19 people, we need you to tell us what you want to hear. Um, we have that some- is exaggerating a little bit. It's not 19 people. We have more it's, listens than that. No, However, we have more listens. We have estimated 19 people listen to us. They just listen multiple times. This is what Anchor told me. Don't tell me I'm exaggerating. It's not. <laughs> Pull it up right now. Listen in multiple times. All right then. Um, but um, we have some really great topics coming up that we're yeah. wanting to talk about. Um one of which hopefully um, we're gonna actually get into contact with a defense attorney um, who defends um, people who are suspects of sexual assault. Um, and I think that that's gonna be really interesting. Um, it's gonna be hard to rein Morgan in on that one, I feel like, cause she already has feelings. <laughs> Love defense attorneys. Listen, I think that, nope, just gonna keep my mouth shut for right now. Okay. <laughs> that's surprising all right well thanks it wouldn't be story. very nice and I learned that if you don't have something nice to say just keep your mouth shut oh I didn't learn that very well mm, so all oh right. I have a little guy I you saw. are you almost done he did the whisper thing are you almost done mom no never oh yeah we're almost done okay <laughs> all right thank you hey, guys for why don't you go brush your teeth we're, we're ending. Oh, thank oh, you. We're, all, we're done. <laughs> we hope we made you feel uncomfortable. Okay, bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.